1: Pickle.
2: All of television history is contained in the Box of Delights. Hello, I'm Julia Rayside. Each episode, my guest chooses a favourite TV memory to talk about. And welcome to the Box of Delights, and I'm really sorry it's been a hundred years since the last episode... And joining me today, you'll be shocked and amazed to discover it's my husband because he's here. Um, But also a fascinating, fascinating podcast guest, Joel Morris. Welcome to the Box of Delights. This
1: is the key, isn't it? Be available.
2: (laughs) Be here, be free. Yes, um, and and it's short notice. Um, no, honestly, we we felt bad about not doing the podcast. We really enjoyed doing the podcast. It's been really nice to be busy, but I've really missed this. Yes, it's always fun chatting. I thought what we'd do. We're sitting in a room with a Christmas tree with too many baubles on. I've just had a quality street. You've just had a satsuma. Yeah,
1: I had a quality street before then, but you didn't know I'd had a quality street, oh, so I you? covered it up you by having fruit. It.
2: Literally, you've got a satsuma breath to hide the chocolate yeah. breath. Yeah. You little sneak. It's <laughs> coming, isn't it? <laughs> but I thought with that in mind, seeing as everything smells like Christmas anyway, yeah. and um, and guilty satsumas, that we just talk about memories of Christmas telly in general because yeah. we've just got the radio times, rather late in the day, I might add. Yes. Um, I'm just wading through that now, seeing what's coming. We're looking forward to, oh my gosh, the ghost Christmas special, the last ever episode, Doctor Who.
1: It feels quite a trad Christmas this year, it doesn't does. it? It does. feels like there's actually some some things in the in, in the schedules.
2: Well, this is what I want to talk about. So are our memories of supposedly trad, like childhood Christmases on telly, are they rose-tinted or was it, was it really amazing?
1: I don't know. That won't have been helped by it. I remember for years and years moaning that all that there was on television, for about 10 years maybe, were programmes about how television used to be good. <laughs> so yeah. you turn go what's on tv oh it's 100 years of more cool and wise oh it's the good yeah. life christmas special and then people reminiscing about the good life christmas special and you got a feeling i did wonder because i lived through a lot of that I remembered liking it yeah but i did wonder what our kids thought when they're watching tv with grands and granddads and all the tv was it was the, it was the ultimate boomer thing to say huh, <laughs> you missed it it was yeah, a yeah, real yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. sense of it was just like clip shows about the great comedy shows that used to be on in the past like we didn't make them anymore
2: no it's almost like we've been looking at too many photographs and now we don't know what we remember about the past and what we've just seen photos of and edited highlights is cheating anyway those best of shows Um, just as a little jumping off point some very nice person who I can't find an author's name anywhere but someone who owns the website ukchristmastv.weebly.com amazing thank you to them they've compiled BBC run up to Christmas and Christmas Day listings um, some with more information than others this but Basically, I can tell you we can go to Christmas Day, 1980. Now, right. I suppose we could do this with um, what was that project that the BBC did? The it was almost like a time machine. You could put a date in and see what was on TV that day.
1: Oh right, genome.
2: Yeah, the genome thing. It's I think, like, we were, uh, I think we were
1: actually the Doomsday Book. Maybe someone had it on just CD
2: wh- whipped it off the <laughs> laser disc. Anyway, I can take you back now to Christmas Day, 1980. So, 25th December, 1980. I would have been five. I would have been about. You'd have been like 10, 28. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm being cruel for me. This is quite young, but for yeah. you, this is a Christmas Day. You probably
1: is it mainly Noel remember? Edmonds. I remember probably I ah. remember it was it would mainly be Noel Edmonds I in think my he head. Kicked
2: in a bit later on, so um, <laughs> it starts off with watch the story of the Nativity with James Earl Adair and Louise Hall Taylor at eight fifty five a.m. Watch so, great program, okay. But you know, there's there's a little bit of religion. Only half an hour. Mister Ben Pink Panther morning worship from ten till eleven. Quite
1: religion heavy. So you
2: go to I think this one was from
1: God still owned Christmas
2: back then <laughs> cathedral. Church of St Peter and Paul Clifton. That's quite a long, is that Bristol? I don't know. Anyway, it's quite a long name for a church. It's isn't it? Yeah, then there's a bit of weather. 11am the first film of the day, The Wonderful World of the Brothers Grimm. Lovely. Yeah. Lovely. 1962. Sounds great. 1pm Carols from Warwick Castle hosted by Douglas Fairbanks Jr. What
1: the hell? I mean, that
2: does sound quite Christmas Day. Swashbuckling God. <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, you get Top of the Pops at 2 o'clock for an hour just before the Queen. Yep. So that's Abba, Blondie, David Bowie, Pink Floyd, The Police and the Nolan's like and it's hosted by Peter Powell and God love him Jimmy Savile OBE. Oh, you see, and the OBE does appear in the listings, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which I'm sure was contractual. That's amazing. <laughs> so pretty much, it's it's been God. Yeah. Pretty God-heavy. And then Top of the Pops is a break with that.
2: Just only for an hour. Then you get the Queen, who also mentions God usually yeah, quite a lot. It's quite trad, it? isn't it? In the olden days. Uh, then you get the big film at 3.10pm. <laughs> so, <laughs> And it's actually listed proudly as a terrestrial premiere of the 1954 classic 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. <laughs>
1: My God, so it's been in it's been a, a draw for 26 years.
2: That's nuts. So, but I, the thing I did like, and I think the thing we all remember, and now... I don't know how any of the big broadcasters choose their, quotes Christmas Day films. So, you know, after lunch, middle, early afternoon, supposedly when everyone's either snoozing or sitting down with their, you know, batteries and presents trying to work out how they work, there's a big movie. And in the old days... That was one you missed at the cinema because yep. your parents didn't take you to every film that came out because that cost lots of money. It would be on the TV on Christmas Day yeah. and it would be something you would unbelievably look forward to. And now it's just like something you could watch on streaming in a minute if you give two quid to YouTube or whatever. It's just not as special anymore. But that was really special, I remember. The Christmas Day film was like a big wow. Because
1: they'd save it up. There'd be a couple of yeah. That was the feeling I think you used to have with Christmas Day. Because Christmas is all about anticipation, it's not really about. The oh, the, it, the moment the, the anticipation
2: ends is rubbish. Yeah, so it's about More anticipation.
1: So you build up to some things that only happen once. So you have The Queen only appears on television once a year. Yeah. Mork and Wise have one big show. The real interesting mm-hmm. thing about all those great comedy shows is sometimes when they show the ones that weren't the yeah, Christmas special, yeah. they're not very good. And the build-up to them putting all their best material out will be that. And also the films. The films would be pretty much pedestrian the rest of the year. I know. But they, this was an era when, when I was growing up, where you could have a film premiere, if it was something like Jaws or Star Wars, it would be on the front of the Radio Times. That the would cover be the big story would be that week. a picture of Darth Vader Absolutely. and you'd go oh my god, you've put a film on yeah. and now, it's really hard to remember as a parent that films for your kids aren't as special.
2: No, they're not. And they're then, easier to access, which means they're not rare metal, are they? They're just like, yeah. oh there's one, I can reach for it now.
1: And actually what it probably is for those kids, I talked about this before, saying Marvel should stop <laughs> making <laughs> films and just make trailers. Yeah. As it, the, again, the antici- Give them
2: something to look forward to. The anticipation,
1: kids <laughs> Looking forward to Doctor Who is always more exciting than watching Doctor Who. Although I'm,
2: the last three episodes, oh, I beg to differ. They've lived
1: up to it, but still that idea that kids love waiting for things and waiting for yeah. a present. And
2: they love complaining about waiting for things.
1: Yeah, and then when it finally arrives, it's not as important as the waiting for it. And I think yeah, that having made films sort of pedestrian and ordinary, because. Growing up with kids as a parent, you said, "Oh, shut up and watch a film."
2: Yes. It's almost like the
1: film was a punishment for your yeah. kids. It doesn't feel as special now, but I love the idea of it being the premiere <laughs> of Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea,
2: starring Kirk Douglas and for James Mason. Yes, oh, please. Yes. Um, after that, so at five fifteen, this is still Christmas Day, nineteen eighty. The Paul Daniels Magic Show. Now that would have been a yeah. big. Shiny, spangly, exciting event. You were definitely a magic fascinated oh, yeah. kid, weren't First you?
1: First time I'd ever been to the theatre was to come see Paul Daniels. Your
2: dad took you to see Paul Daniels, and then years later we took him to see Darren Brown as a so return. Uh, I'd never been to the theatre.
1: Paul Daniels, was, of course, incredible. People forget he
2: was brilliant. Oh, what a showman.
1: When Just he died, terrific. a friend of ours tried to get the channels interested in doing like a best of the Paul Daniels magic yeah. show, and no one wanted to show it. He'd sort of fallen from grace to a level that.
2: It's felt to be old fashioned, I think, People
1: isn't have it, Magic? It was great. Because well, well, he wasn't doing it in a Darren Brown or Dynamo or David Blainway, but you should put some old Paul Daniels on. It's really good. Magic doesn't change. It's the same tricks. Yeah, you're right. I love Paul Daniels as a kid.
2: Some of the guests he had on as well. So he's quite one for special, like I guess when he had a special episode, he could bring in his international magician friends and kind of have a really, to him, a really exciting lineup. So it says, Paul Daniels is joined as he conjures up a host of seasonal surprises introduces his special guests with their remarkable skills. From Broadway, America's foremost magician, Harry Blackstone. Harry Blackstone, Heard of 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 him, yeah. From Paris the dazzling puppets of Compagnie Philippe Gentil from Hollywood the quick change talents of Michael McGivney and from Japan the, the ballerina on a golden bicycle Lily Yokoi. <laughs> it feels like a Victorian circus her. poster
1: yeah it does isn't that lovely that old variety thing which is now just Britain's Got Talent
2: I'd watch a big old variety magic show on Christmas Day wouldn't you? I should bring it back It'd be like opening something really exciting
1: Actually it'd be a nice one for the most unexpected thing Channel 4 could do is get Darren Brown (gasps) to front a variety show And he'd
2: do it so brilliantly The Ultimate Showman Now (laughs) Really,
1: really (laughs) Uh (laughs) trash.
2: Then we got so that was a big old chunk of magic there on Christmas Day sort of early evening into the 6.05pm news obviously hosted by Angela Rippon I'm saying hosted. I mean, she read the news. She didn't host she it. She wrote but. it. It's
1: hers. Created showrunner Angela Ripper. I
2: imagine on Christmas Day, who else do you want you to read, yeah. to read the news to? You? It's her. Then it's waiting the for her to high kick. Come on! <laughs> but then, then it's the Generation Game. Uh, then it's Dallas, which I thought was a random thing to show on wow. Christmas Day. But I guess it's something for the mums. Then while uh, but
1: it was so big in 1980. Maybe the dads have gone to the pub. This is around who shot Jr. time. Yeah. Is, it's massive. Yeah, that's your EastEnders. Yeah, that, of course, this is pre EastEnders. Actually,
2: that's What's true. What's the BBC's big soap?
1: It's an import. It's Dallas. Oh my goodness! And so They still
2: had. That's a really good point. So Dallas, and then the Mike Yarwood Christmas show, which would have been the big yeah. comedy. I guess that would have been the old Malcolm and Wise slot, yeah. but maybe it would have moved up earlier in the evening. This Everyone is, forgets at eight p.m. Everyone so forgets.
1: Know. If you look at the best, the most watched comedy shows of all time, yeah. Eric and Ernie are quite low down. Are they? We remember them. Uniting the nation, but Mike Yarwood has more entries in that top ten I than bet. they did yeah, Benny yeah. Hill does really well, and my favourite unexpected thing: the the month the month the most watched comedy shows of all time yeah. to the Man of Bourne Oh, the Christmas special God, where the they best. get married <gasps> yes! or it's the last episode of the first series where they get married yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, is
1: way more watched than any of the things that you think unite the nation but Mike yeah, Yarwood yeah. was absolutely massive bigger than Eric and Ernie some years Amazing. did really good numbers
2: oh facts I love the facts yeah. so that's a lovely 40 odd minutes of comedy and all of his funny stuff followed then I think quite austerely by Airport 1975 starring Charlton Heston um, which just <laughs> seems you know I mean I haven't seen it but it, the description of it just sounds a little bit like oh buzzkill
1: and also it's the it's the Oh, I'm doing my dates here. Is it the year after Airplane? Oh, maybe. Maybe we've stopped. Maybe we've stopped, I'm gonna, I'm maybe we've look look stopped taking the disaster movie seriously. It's a funny one to put on because the disaster movie Golden Age is sort of seventy four yeah, to seventy six, yeah. and 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 then we're sort of past that point. But TV's only just got the rights to it.
2: If they've only just got
1: the rights to a Disney, they've only just got the rights to that. That's
2: it. So Airplane is 1980. It's the same year. Judging from the poster, it looks like a disaster film. A 747 in flight collides with a small plane and is rendered pilotless. Somehow the control tower must get a pilot aboard taken. Yeah, how weird that it's the same year. That's crazy. Actually, no, sorry. It was made in 1974. So oh, it's, then, a, 90, it's yeah. a
1: 1974 movie, but they're showing it the year that we're starting Sorry, to take that's, what, that's what's
2: confusing me. Obviously, I'm just assuming that something gets made and goes immediately to television. No, it's
1: it's many, many years later.
2: <laughs> then Angela Riffin's back with more news, thank heavens, and the weather with Jim Bacon. No idea. <laughs>
1: and then go to bed.
2: No, 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 no. Obviously, oh. I'd be I'd be in bed long before this. Like I think I was in bed when I was at this age, 7.30? Really? Probably even on Christmas Day. Your
1: parents had programmes they wanted to watch. I mean, they seriously,
2: they clearly did. They wanted to get all excited watching To The Man Of Born, I imagine. <laughs> 1040 um, 40 p.m. Parkinson at Christmas. Oh, yeah. With someone called Ben Vereen. Have you heard of Ben nope. Vereen? No, I, I don't know who that is. Isn't
1: that amazing how someone could be famous enough I'm gonna, to I'm gonna open a parky Christmas and you don't know who they I'm are? I'm
2: going to look up Ben Vereen. I'm guessing not a British actor because I probably would have heard of them. Uh, James Galway and. Penelope Keith.
1: Oh, you see it's quality. Da, da, da,
2: da, da. She's basically the other queen, isn't she?
1: So we have to have her on. <laughs> I'm
2: just going to look up Ben Vereen now. So is I, it Wolverine's I like,
1: brother? I
2: don't Ben <laughs> Vereen. <Varine. laughs> Sounds like cough medicine. Oh, um, He's still alive. He's 77 years old. And he is, I would say, judging by that hat, an American. Uh, he's an actor, dancer and singer.
1: This is one of those distortions that <laughs> Oh, happened. Jesus
2: Christ, superstar. There you go. But this
1: is a distortion that happened when we started looking back and... Christmas TV stuff to be full of, it would be full of like the best of Billy Connolly, the best of Victoria Wood, the best of Parkinson or whatever the period they're looking back on very often the Christmas special of those shows wouldn't be that special no, it would actually, have stars you've forgotten
2: on that tip the crowning the last programme before the weather and close mm. uh, on Christmas night 1980 on BBC One is and I quote Christmas comedy classic colon faulty towers wow. so that's already being is that early 70s faulty towers mid 70s there's two
1: series one sort of 75 76 one sort of 79 so, so in yeah. 1980
2: it's already been called wow. a comedy classic That's that happened fast didn't it yeah blimey O'Reilly, and then. Yeah, no, I'll I'll keep fiddling around with this website and finding some more while we talk, because obviously they have lots of years available. You can just see what you were watching. Just on the BBC, I like that. That's very in keeping with my family and their viewing habits, that we wouldn't have probably had any excuse at all to you watch only had, TV on Christmas you Day. Had, you
1: had two buttons on your television, didn't yes, you? Yes, didn't you BBC everyone? One, BBC Two, yes. and the third one had sellotape over just it. Just lots
2: of sellotape. Yeah. With some buttons that were covered in glue and we were told they weren't for anything.
1: The hot forbidden buttons. <laughs> no, no, sweating under gaffer tape. No,
2: Joel, you're wrong. They just didn't do anything. No, they Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you were told. And um, I do you know what was on ITV? No, Do you know what was on ITV
1: on. it was just on the buses all day. I
2: <laughs> see. That's why I wasn't allowed to watch it because people on buses are common, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> just dreadful, just dreadful. Um, let's let's fast forward to 1996 <laughs> on the same website, just because it's right. uh, it's just not that different, really. It's it's kind of you know the presenters have changed. Yeah. the kids' shows maybe are a bit more prominent. But that's now.
1: Christmas, isn't it? Christmas is about Do relentlessly the again. doing the same thing. The importance of ritual, and part of that is that you can start a ritual and get stuck into it within a year. There is a magnificent thing I can recommend doing. I did it for a while. as a Christmas tradition. I would read. I might bother to do it this year. I got a book of... Uh, I got, a, book, I got a, a Penguin classic with a Christmas carol in it. Thought, I'll read that one year. Oh, it's yeah. great. It's really good. Everyone forgets. Dickens is really good.
2: It's very good, wasn't it? Yeah, so good. It turns out he's very good at this.
1: <laughs> um, and then the next year, I thought, I'll read some other bits in it. And there's some ghost stories and some Christmassy stuff in there. Which you love. Which I like, a good Christmas ghost story. Yeah, so yeah. I, I maybe... Just when you're too full, read something. Uh, And there is a thing in there where he talks about, Dickens talks about his nostalgia for Christmas and kind of Dickens invents Christmas and our relationship with it. And it's this lovely little essay about... How Christmas today isn't the same as it used to be, Ooh. and he's all nostalgic, going, "Well, it used to be better. All the toys were better," and it just is like a, a a columnist writing, "No way," could be written last week, but all the stuff he's being nostalgic for, all the real toys with the proper nutcrackers and the real, wow, and it's just about saying whatever happened when you were a kid is what you think Christmas is, yeah. even if you're Charles Dickens, you're nostalgic for. Yeah. It's all sort of oh, it's got all commercial now. Brilliant. It's lovely. It's so yeah. If you get the Penguin uh, Charles Dickens's Christmas writings or something, there's a lovely essay in there about the Christmases of his childhood, and he's moaning about it already Aww. because it's all about uh, you repeating the things you used to do and them not being quite as good as they used to be
2: well there we go I mean that's TV has certainly carried that on and our memories of it um, I'll jump now to 1996 3.10pm after Her Majesty has uh, Her Mag- addressed the Commonwealth Noel's Christmas presents, as oh, you so rightly remember. This is 1996, so he enlists the help... This is great. This is Noel Edmonds in a nutshell. <laughs>
1: <The> <laughs> is that man... he's, he's... presenting it from inside, a nutshell! <laughs> he
2: literally is. <laughs> he's had one built in his mock-up Tudor mansion. Uh, a crinkly nutshell. No, <laughs> um, Noel Edmonds enlists the help of Prime Minister John Major and... US President Bill Clinton to turn a young girl's poem for world peace into a spectacular event at Walt Disney World in Florida.
1: <laughs> oh my god. And to Noel, that would have been a chance for John Major and Bill Clinton to meet him. Of course. He del- oh. a special treat for these two men to <laughs> meet be Noel. Be talking Edwards. about it
2: for years to come, I imagine. <laughs> That's
1: amazing. This is this is high pomp Noel as well isn't it because Mr. Blobby's a couple of years beforehand. Yes, yes. Total yes, Noel yes. dominance mid 90s. Oh. oh,
2: oh my gosh, just absolutely is out of control. I think that's what I mean that's what Blobby was, wasn't it? The out of control id of Edmonds. <laughs> like, Noel Edmonds <laughs> Which is ironically how he pronounces his name now. He lives in New Zealand. Oh. <laughs> and I read the delightful thing the other day that he's this is earlier this year, he's moved to this quite big property in New Zealand. He's bought up a lot of land. Uh, some nice New Zealanders asked if they could build a cycle lane at the perimeter of his property and he said no this is war (laughs) (laughs) Edmunds is at war
1: (laughs) this is brilliant
2: Kiora and good night so that's so do keep your eye on the internet for the ongoing battle of the cycle lane uh, in his new hometown Um, (laughs) also following this world peace event that he's throwing at Disney World in Florida absolutely off its head Um, he's also making dreams come true with the help of Christa Berg and Anthony New Uly, who's currently starring in the musical Scrooge there we go that's perfect I was like, just as a side note I was delighted to see I went to see Wonka and um, you guys have seen you've seen it haven't yeah, you but yeah. like an earlier version no. because you're fancy and you know the guy who made Wonka mm. but um, the Anthony Newley and Leslie Brooker's music which is so crucial yes. to everyone who loved the Gene Wilder you know that version the Wonka version, exactly is in the new one yeah. and just makes it so ah, so perfect Need to. you forget that Anthony Newley apart from the whole Joan Collins thing very talented songwriter
1: yes Break all the rules of comedy. He's brilliant.
2: Oh, go What was that film he was uh, in? It's
1: not. It's a TV series called The Strange World of Gurney Slade. Gurney unbelievable. Slade, that's right.
2: You went a bit nuts for that for Fourth
1: wall breaking 60s thing. Yeah. It's like, it's a, it, it's, it's like finding out that, <laughs> I don't know, that Robbie Williams created <laughs> Monty Python. It's the most unexpected thing. He's like this is sort of light entertainer and he does this <laughs> astonishing fourth wall breaking. It's like The Prisoner, but as a comedy show. It's brilliant.
2: It's funny you should uh, mention yeah, Robbie Williams, actually, because um, I think in... Ooh. 2000 which we'll have a look at in a minute if we get time is is that Um, his christmas no there's something called robbie the reindeer oh yeah and he narrated it like he they tried to make out that he'd written it i mean they didn't try and make that out but it was sort of like so robbie he's a reindeer now and he's writing children's stories is he no no he's not um top of the pops was introduced by the spice girls it's 96 of course it was nobody else could have done it keeping up appearances before the queen lovely then Noel. Bit of animal hospital, something about Brambley Hedge, Jurassic Park. Uh, so that was the premiere that year. That's good. Three years, 6:30 p.m. Yeah, yeah. Three
1: years later, that's pretty good.
2: Oh, and Auntie's Christmas Bloomers with Terry Wogan. You lovely. always need one of those, don't you? Yeah. Then it's Eastenders, Only oh, falls and on Horses, The Vicar of Dibley, Christmas Special, lovely. Um, and then they repeated Morecambe and Wise from 1970 as if to triple yeah. and quadruple down on its status as an it's inter- also about
1: Christmas. That's interesting. 96 there. You've got three good, solid BBC One sitcoms yeah. that people like and will draw the family around and will all agree to watch them. Yeah. And I think that's what's so lovely about Ghosts being in the schedule this time around is there is a nice family oh. sitcom. We're not just bringing back an old sitcom no. or doing a documentary about how lovely it was when the royal family was on TV. Yeah. There's actually a contemporary sitcom that's going to have an episode. Yeah. And when you look back at these years, they're all dominated by variety and comedy. And it's very strange that in the golden age of television, we're so fixated on documentaries, reality and drama... That you end up having to bring back comedy rather than make new comedy. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it is really nice to see there's there's three or four comedy shows in there in the, the mid 90s, oh and they're good, solid ones. When we
2: were allowed to just watch sketches and things, and yeah. that was fine. Yeah. Before they were banned, you know, in the great banning yeah. of comedy. Well,
1: it's just because uh, comedy is expensive and high risk, and it means that it comes to Christmas, and you go, Can we crack out a comedy? And you go, oh, we've got to make any. Yeah. And it's literally, I, I love the fact that this year there is a really good, successful comedy on BBC One well, that's going to be Let's the key be fair, to there's, there's
2: two. Yeah. Mrs. Brown's Boys is oh, yeah. never not one of the top rating things at Christmas. Even though I'm personally not yeah. into it, but you're right to have ghosts, which just feels like a much broader appeal. Yeah, but kind of without Actually, losing people. People are rude about Mrs. Way. Brown,
1: but it's a stalwart. It's a it's a little. Um, th- oh those no, pe- it's
2: really successful. You
1: need for a good, um, a good unifying Christmas. Whether you need someone who can do it, you need a Brucie or an yeah. Eric and Ernie or a, an Anton Deck or a Michael McIntyre, and you might take the piss out of those people, but they can do the job. Paul Daniels, they can do the job.
2: They absolutely can. That's really funny. I was just scrolling through BBC Two uh, on, the, on the year 2000, Christmas Day, and um, saw a programme called The War Wagon and just thought it was The War Wagon and was getting excited. It uh, John
1: Hurt plays The War Wagon. <laughs> it's not. It's, not it's,
2: another, it's another Kirk Douglas film, but it, oh, they could have right. done something more interesting there.
0: Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen
2: Um, <laughs> what I want to talk about, which I fear now this, I'm not, I'm not I think it's a worthy subject for any podcast, um, but Christmas for me, that as soon as I'm old enough to appreciate it and I'm allowed to stay up uh, late enough to watch it, Christmas just becomes the day we get to watch Victoria Wood just <laughs> throwing her a selection box of yeah. brilliant comedy sketches at the screen. So in 2000, it was all the trimmings, which is kind of, a, I think, a classic of the genre. That's a very good one. She gets uh, Delia Smith in to do, to do like a, she, I think she's Mrs. Cratchit in a yeah. kind of Dickens parody. That's just absolutely hilarious. Derek Jacobi I think Roger Moore in The London Eye there was a spy Booth. is that the same one yeah
1: there's a real feel that she's been given the Eric and Ernie thing of you want to see some amazing guest stars yeah and he wants it and maybe a little bit of that's been stolen that specialness by things yeah. like Strictly and by comic relief and children in need yeah that that model of saying you want to see people out of their comfort zone doing something different the novelty wears off. Yeah, when they when they celebrity everything on TV. I know. And it used to just be there would be a Christmas special where you go, oh my God, Roger Moore's joined in. Well,
2: we know we know the 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 um, the origin, the seed for, that it grew from is the dancing newsreaders. It's those, yeah, yeah, I remember. I don't know if I remember or if I just remember watching a show about nostalgic <laughs> Christmas television, which is the yeah. tragedy. Um, but yeah, that those Frank Boff in a in a sailor's outfit yeah. doing the hornpipe, you know, with his fellow newsreaders. That was for me, and, and obviously ripping and her legs yeah. and all that. That was the beginning of that breakout genre that it's turned into a genre in itself Dancing now. Dancing the celebrity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah.
1: And that, so uh, Neil Forsyth told me a brilliant yeah. things. He'd researched, who writes *Guilt* and Bob Seven things. But Neil He's Forsyth a genius told me this brilliant thing about when they were making those Eric and Ernie shows. That it used to be on a small television. Mm. It was amazing that Vanessa Redgrave had turned up and you could see her face. That's, that's her, that's an actor, that's yeah, Andre yeah, Previn. Yeah. Yeah. And as televisions got bigger yeah. and more detailed, the newsreaders was the first moment that you could have a row of people
2: oh, I see. and see their
1: faces because the televisions got bigger and it was one of Ernie Wise's and Ernest Maxim who did their dance routines said we could have six or seven of them and now you'd be able to see at home that it wasn't just a row of faces. Oh. That you'd go in close on the chorus line yeah. and they would be revealed to be these famous faces. It always reminds oh. me of um, the cover of Band on the Run where there's oh, yes, celebrities yes. in there. It. It's a bit Sergeant Pepper. Like there's a crowd of people and suddenly go,
2: Oh, you spotting them in the They're crowd. all well known
1: faces, but it was because televisions had got bigger.
2: So you needed abundance. Yes. This is Busby, Busby Barclays Bar- 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 rule of totally. abundance. You need a spectacle, otherwise, you're not filling the screen. You
1: fill the TV with stuff. And, oh. and increasingly that's what you get with that lovely opening thing on a good strictly well, they all come down the stairs and you go, oh, It's all the faces I know. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Someone from EastEnders and it's a newsreader, and it's that same impulse. And again fill your screen.
2: But with lots of with lots of TV shows, Victoria Wood was not immune to that. She'd always have I'm about to say she had. Anne Whittacombe, she didn't. She dressed up as Anne Whittacombe for a big dance routine with um, all all of the Robbins family, Kate Robbins (laughs) and her many sisters and brother. But oh, there were, were celebrities. There were always sort of really famous people would show up. Who was in that? Who was running the cafeteria when Maxine Peake was still like in her dinner lady's phase? <laughs> and she played a character and she came in and someone really famous was serving in the tea bar. I can't remember who it is. This is basically like Christmas with your family. Yeah. It's, just, it's just toothless old relatives. That's me and Joel. Just going, so who was that person, you know, yeah. with that thing? Who were they with the, you know, they had the smile yeah. and the glasses. But you want Richard E.
1: Grant knitting and you want... Oh, oh you, no, that was my favourite. And Hugh Laurie And Laurie. So
2: so I think that's one of the best things. Richard E. Grant as an embittered caretaker who wants to join the WI. No, you know, sorry, Derek Jacobi is the embittered caretaker. Richard E. Grant is an unhinged man who wants to join the WI yeah. and ends up going to great lengths to try and join. And then uh, Lindsay Duncan, I think, yeah, was... And they kind of play WI like ER. And yeah. it's so brilliant. And then the t urn dies and they're trying to resuscitate Stat. it. <laughs>
1: That's the brilliant. That's that brilliant dinner ladies fact, isn't it? That she did that as a she wanted dinner ladies to look like an American yeah, yeah, yeah. camera uh, show, and they did it as a Big Dad's Army, yeah. uh, one of the last big it's
2: a studio sitcoms,
1: huge cast, expensive bells and whistles, yeah. uh, studio sitcoms. But she wanted to look like ER, which, which is a sort of it's a sketch joke, yeah. But in that Victoria Wood and all the trimmings they do WI. Stroke ER oh, as so a sketch. It's,
2: joke. it's so very good.
1: Because she loved telly.
2: She loved telly.
1: And that's, I think, what the lovely thing about Christmas telly is that the budget goes off a bit, and people who love telly get to really pull the stops out and they give do. you a proper show.
2: And actually, the one, I mean, it's I think it's still beloved by her fans, but probably not as talked about is Christmas Day, 1991. She did All Day Breakfast. I think it's 1991, unless I got the date wrong. Sounds early to me. So it was basically her and Duncan Preston being Richard and Judy. And every five seconds she'd go, oh no, I love him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, but I love him. (laughs) Just brilliant. And they were just essentially saying that the BBC had rejigged its schedules and now there was just going to be that show on from breakfast to bedtime, <laughs> every day, forever. Yeah. <laughs> and they had a new, the first four times daily soap opera, the mall. Oh, all said, that. It was just really brilliant, cheesy things set in a shopping mall. Well, obviously it was just another chance to do Acorn Antiques and yeah. a slightly different guys, but it was just as good, just as funny. Everything about her. I think because the stuff she made was sort of so... Universal and you're right. She was becoming, she had become the go-to person. We ghosts would have been if they mm. could have carried on. The thing that we're all looking forward to on Christmas Day, the funny thing, the thing you undo your buttons to and just yeah. really laugh at. And I think towards the end of her time doing stuff for the BBC, I think they treated her quite badly. Yeah, she had one and shifted her programs around the shoulders Didn't put it on Christmas.
1: She had a Christmas Day show they put on on the 26th or 24th or something. She went, well, hang on, I'm surely I'm that. And what else are you going to put in that slot?
2: And she was right, genuinely. It's like, yeah. treat her nicely. But you need give to, her the space, you, you know? need to
1: gather people to have a treat thing. And the treat thing, it was so nice when they Russell T Davies managed to get Doctor Who to be on there. Oh. A thing that your kids will say, can we gather around and watch?
2: Genuinely. Because I
1: think increasingly as people are going to disappear around the house to their individual screens... Yeah. Something that you all want to gather around and watch, whatever it is. Again, we're being very BBC here, but whether it's Strictly or something, there's something that you might all have a reason to come around and watch. That's what Christmas Day TV is about.
2: Yeah, no, it's gathering. It's a fireplace. It's absolutely vital. That we do that. My only other really strong memory of Christmas telly is, and it is, it, it's probably more than one year, but um, obviously, it was a massive Blue Peter fan. Mm. All through my childhood, I was a Blue Peter kid. I did collect things for the totaliser. I did, yeah. you know, all of that stuff and bought the annuals. I got the annual every Christmas as well. Yeah, My mum made me the sledge, which was, there was a blueprint, a woodworking blueprint in the Blue Peter annual. A Blue she Peter made me and my brother each a wooden sledge. They didn't run. They looked great, but they were shit. The plastic ones are much quicker. <laughs> um, but we didn't tell her that. And that was fine. And um, we were very happy with that. We still got one in the shed, haven't we? Yeah. But there was, we, have we told the story before on a podcast? We can tell it again. Everyone's drunk. No. Oh, I've forgotten the uh, the main visual image from Christmas Blue Peter. Obviously, is the Advent
1: crown. Yes,
2: and um, you know they're really dangerous. They had real candles on plastic coat tinsel. hanger
1: tinsel flame. So dangerous. Yeah, really, everything about it. But obviously the way you know the Advent Crown is dangerous is if you look up a picture of the Blue Peter <laughs> Advent Crown, the man lighting it is John Noakes, a man who will only do dangerous things.
2: <laughs> it's either him or Peter Duncan, yeah, covered it, in sort of like body armour. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah.
1: it's John Noakes and the, and the next picture is a full body burn and he's gone up and he's gone, oh no, my mom's on fire. Um, yeah, and he's always, he's doing it, I don't know, at the top of Nelson's column. but it's, Yes, always. Yeah, and it's an incredibly dangerous Christmas ornament from but, the past.
2: But I remember obviously watching it on TV and thinking it was exciting. And yeah. obviously I don't I don't think I ever said to Mum and Dad like, Oh, can we have one? We weren't like that goddy or anything. We did sometimes Mum and Dad would go to um you know midnight mass as a yeah. kind of festive way to get the yeah. you know to get the to get things going. But but other than other than that, it wasn't like we needed to mark Advent in any sort of religious yeah. way. It was more just a oh, there's that tinsley thing on Blue Peter, that means it's nearly Christmas, it was exciting. The yeah, radio times, etc. etc. You
1: watch them light a candle every week because I yeah, not yeah, if yeah, you want to yeah. light a candle it's for advent, it's for every week or the build-up to it. That's you'd right, yeah, You yeah, have yeah. to leave it burning burning in your house. Completely insane. But you'd have to live in a cathedral.
2: I mean, how many houses burned down because of that? I don't know.
1: That and chip pan fires and people (laughs) falling asleep with a fag on. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, apparently we don't need firemen anymore because we've stopped doing Advent crowns and chip pans. Yeah, no, no. If you
2: have an Advent crown, it just negates your insurance straight away. (laughs) You're on your own if you're doing anything stupid (laughs) like that. But um, one year, the BBC were moving Blue Peter from TV Centre, which was obviously being sold off tragically, um, and they're moving everything up to Salford. So they had a big sale, basically, didn't so they? So clearing out their
1: junk cupboard. But this
2: was in the middle of summer, I seem to remember. Yeah. So, and you went along, and it was my birthday. My birthday's in July. And for my birthday, you got me, from the Blue Peter junk cupboard, a kind of tin, sort of an old-fashioned tin. It might have been biscuits tartan or something. Yeah, it might have been tartan shortbread. But in it had, like, the tallow candles... And some um, a little bit of tinsel,
1: some w- a wick, yeah, and
2: and a, and a couple of coat hangers.
1: Yeah, and I, I thought this is—it was like a clue. I went, oh, "This is the box."
2: It was—it was genuinely one of the coolest things you've ever given the, the, me. The tin box, That's and so it was—it was no
1: one noticed. It, cause it was just a tin box, and I went, "I know what this is." Yeah, it was like I felt like I don't know if you were like a really really good archaeologist and something, or a paleontologist, and you yeah. saw like a broken thing. And went, That's a T. T-Rex's skeleton. Yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. the broken fossils of our childhood. It was a fossilised bit it was bit like of childhood. you
2: discovered it. It wasn't like put yeah. on a plinth no. um, and, and they weren't the charging a thousand pounds for it because it was a piece of blue Peet history. They were just like, take what you want, it get It was out. a tenor
1: for charity. It was for wow. whatever their appeal was. They said, put some money in the charity box and you can take... I took some t-shirts and some, yeah, some yeah, gongs yeah. and some... Uh, some stickers and things, yeah. uh, and there was a tin box, and it contained the advent crown. People go, oh, "What was inside it? What well, nothing?" Because the point was they'd made an advent crown out of that box. There was it leftovers, was the bits yeah. and bobs.
2: We right. still, are literally, in a bo- in a in a box behind you. We still have the the tallow candles because yeah. I can't bear to use them They're for wicks for lighting. Yeah, for- yeah, tapers. yeah. They're, they look tapers, quite old. So call it tapers. It, yeah, I thought I don't know why I'm saying tallow candle like I'm a medieval yeah. lady. I just like saying it tallow candle. What are they called again? Tapers. Yeah, tapers. They're just tapers.
1: Yeah, it was the evidence. Something brilliant had happened there, and it was only a bit of mag- childhood magic and. Obviously, yeah. we got. It. Everyone said, "Did you build one?" Went, no, you don't build an Avenged Crown. No one did.
2: But You say that, but then I did try to not a fire hazard one. Like yeah. I don't want. I, yeah. At the time, we were still living in our flat. I didn't want our flat to burn down, but um, I did want to kind of attempt yeah. a recreation of one. But stupidly, I think I just thought, "Oh, it's a muscle memory. Like I know what they look like. Yeah. I don't need to look up pages. I'm just going to make one." So I got. I think it's four coat hangers. Yeah. They're wire coat hangers. You imagine the formation. You kind of make one yeah. into a kind of cross shape. Yeah. You invert the other two, make those into a cross shape. An
1: inverted cross. But then I That's and I got the devil. Se-
2: exactly. And then the, the demon appears from the floorboards. And then you kind of, you know, lash them together and yeah. cover them in tinsel. I did all that and I hung it up and I thought... It sort of looks like what? Why doesn't it look like it? Why? And I looked it up, and it turns out you—I shouldn't have tethered the top to the bottom. It should have just been dangling free in a kind of more, you know. Who designed the Advent crown? Like Margaret Parnell. Who's
1: really? Yeah, it'd be Margaret Parnell. It's and always she, Margaret Parnell. and
2: she says that that's what an Advent crown looks like, even though it's basically coat hangers and tinsel, and there is no tradition yeah. for that. She just decided. Yeah, it's
1: always it's Margaret Parnell. She was oh. a one woman coming up with things. Factory. For I the feel bit, like I've for, let for, her down. We've all let Margaret Parnell down. Mm. I buy things from shops.
2: Was she Tracy Island as well? Because that was She's a Christmas all of them. thing. She's, she was
1: this absolute like uh, unsung genius.
2: Just MacGyver. She was
1: fantastic, Blue
2: Peter MacGyver. And you
1: forget as well the whole point of Blue Peter is it's supposed to say any kid can do this whether they've got money or not yeah. the, 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 the hidden public service thing of, of Blue Peter Makes is that they were supposed to be accessible to completely. all completely and they were even though no one had sticky back plastic and, and no, no, no. getting the bits for it I remember waiting all week to it's get
2: waiting to... for the washing up liquid yeah, yeah, yeah it's yeah.
1: that so it did it, they were related to consumer culture but the <laughs> idea being you should be able to do it and it's not really but really buy
2: products of it's supposed, they're supposedly upcycling as opposed A to get down yeah. the market and buy yeah. that. yeah no exactly I exactly. love
1: Blue Peter Makes
2: oh no I did too
1: Vent Crown's one that no, that no one should try.
2: No, 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 no. I think it's, it's pro. I mean, you know, you, you can do it, but I promise you, you'll be disappointed. Yeah. And also, like, I mean, true that, meaning
1: of Christmas. I
2: mean, yeah, just disappointment. That's right. It's training the kids up. The build up and then the big boo. Yeah. I did have um, one year for Christmas when um, all my friends were Barbie families. It feels yeah. like this is ITV, BBC. Yeah. I was Cindy, my mum and dad, when I'd probably asked for a doll when I was younger. They got me Cindy. I really liked Cindy. Cindy that did have a, a horse. Yes. Just a plastic horse, really. You could sort of awkwardly perch on top of. Um, so I did get the actual official Cindy horse, wow. but that was the only bit of, sort of Cindy merch I was given. Um, my mum uh, was really into dressmaking, so she did make Cindy dresses, yeah. very sort of cloth kits and, you know, home, yeah. homespun. And then Blue Peter made a. I, presumably they couldn't use brand names, but they were like a dress-up doll wardrobe. Yeah. And they showed you how to make from, I don't know, washing up powder or washing yeah. powder packet... Um, a wardrobe, which that's was nice. all—it was really nice—and it always, I remember, it always smelled of washing powder forever. Yeah, because it does. And it had like sort of blue and pink and white sort of patterned, um sticky back plastic wallpapery type stuff yeah. on the outside. And then she made little handles with paper fasteners. And it was actually really cool. And I used it for ages.
1: Do you have a thing that's just reminded me that the thing about all blue Peter makes, especially if your family ended up keeping them for a while, because yeah. we had. We had a uh, washing up bottle Wombles. remember those. And I remember I remember making the Doctor Who theatre. And the thing you remember is the smell. Oh, yes. Because it smells of whatever it was. Yes, So yes. my brain goes, every time I see a Dalek, I go, that smells of Lenore. <laughs> <laughs> fabric softener. All Daleks smell of fabric they softener. Do. And all Wombles smell of fairy liquid inside, <laughs> in my head, because that was my childhood.
2: Oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> When you were a kid, obviously you've got two brothers younger yeah. than you. Was TV a big part of your Christmas day or was it just like a punctuation?
1: Not re- uh, To be honest, it's really funny. Yes, we did. And we, honestly, we weren't the kind of family who did lots of that. We did board games and charades and mess about and things like that, yeah. which I know your You're proper,
2: like Victorians. Yeah, we did. But my <laughs> dad,
1: we'd never, I I think the first time I watched a Queen or a King speech was a couple of years ago. We never yeah, did that. Yeah, um, We would watch a lot of TV on our own in the morning. My fond memories of Family TV were often just with my brothers watching things. We'd watch a lot of the morning stuff, Disney Time and things yeah, that You yeah, forget that. The only time you could see Disney clips was on a program called Disney Time. That's it. It was all shut away. And my favourite thing to watch with my brothers was they would often do making-ofs in the morning. Oh, they're a bank so exciting. They'd show you the making of Red of the Lost Ark or yeah. making of a Bond Which is just another something.
2: chance to see a little oh, bit more of a thing more you've already clips of you already
1: loved. things. You could go to the cinema once a year, but you yeah, could see some yeah. clips of, of some exciting stunts. Or, I loved yeah. all that stuff. And then basically in the evening, there would be the couple of variety shows. We would watch the magic show. We'd usually right. watch the comedy. And the comedy lasted a long time, But even up to me leaving home to go to college. I'd come back. And certainly the big thing for us as a family, we liked Only Fools, so we always watched Only yeah. Fools, and mm-hmm. that, their Christmas specials, until the late ones, were usually pretty good. Oh, they
2: were, they were dying um, back in the early days. And I
1: remember the royal family being a really big deal, because oh. it was a family thing, and my nan loved Liz Smith's Nana, um, and we did that classic thing, we go, oh, it's just like us, it's you just can, like if us. If you can
2: see yourselves, then you can So we'd feel,
1: all gather yeah. and watch that, and it, or we'd or if we were getting together as an extended family maybe on the 28th, we'd save that up on That's a videotape nice. and watch it together. So yeah, I remember that whatever the big comedy show was, we'd all watch that together, and yeah. I've got lovely memories of that so yeah that, that sort of thing and, and or if it was Eric and Ernie or, or Paul Daniels we'd watch that together
2: yeah 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 so I still don't know if we did watch those or it's reruns but I do have really fond memories of watching reruns of the Morecambe and Wise Christmas yeah. specials with dad yeah. um, because he absolutely I mean, he loved comedy he was yeah. just nuts about comedy I think so we'd bond over that that
1: stuff is no one says that they, they can't wait for Christmas to watch the Game of Thrones special, <laughs> as in you don't all that stuff that's supposed to be peak TV. Yeah. What you want is to get together and all agree on something. The the communality of, especially if they're, those family comedies. The that's ones that why comedy is so in.
2: hard, right? You can't all agree. Yeah. And if you honestly, I just think. I mean, obviously, Ghost is beloved, and it's mm. talked about in the fondest terms, and the fans are mm. really crazy about it. But I just think. It's something we'll look back on in more years to come. We went to that screening of the mm. the new series when it was new, you know, earlier this year and the TV historians at the BFI were saying, oh, this is about to become our remake. Yeah. You know, you're finishing the show. It's becoming TV history. It's going to be such a a high benchmark. I don't know who else can reach it again, That the ability to make so many people feel warm, laugh, engaged, kind of... It's well, such a clever show, and it looks so sort of simple. And it's really not. It's such a hard thing well, to do. Well, the other thing
1: they're giving us as well, because they've done several of these, is a, is a few more Christmas specials. Yeah. And you know this. Now that we're in a, a, an era where linear television isn't such a big deal, You, the thing that makes you watch linear TV that's actually on is that it's a final of something, and you yeah, mustn't yeah, miss yeah. it. Yeah, so, And even Strictly can't do that because they've already finished yeah. so you can't do we're not waiting for the who, who wins the apprentice no no
2: no it's just so uh...
1: people are tending to sort of go into the menus on the iPlayer or Netflix and look for Christmas specials yeah
2: and the best and thing they're repeating think, them aren't they
1: I think that's the best thing that comedy can do is that you will probably want to sit with your family and watch if you want to watch comedy it might not be the one you want might not be on TV yeah but you can definitely all the iPlayers all the ITV players they've all got them on there yeah so whichever one you want to watch they're on there so you can just schedule yourself you you can be the Radio Times yourself now, yeah. and that's what I think we do. We go, we've got to watch Blackadder, we've got to watch a Community one, well, we've got to watch a, a, the Father Ted one, we've got to watch whichever one you, is your favourite. We will watch them.
2: I mean, because we're talking and to Ghost our... has given us a load of those. Yeah, yeah. And this is like this is a week before Christmas. We've been talking to our fourteen-year-olds, who you know, some fourteen-year-olds can just sort of unplug a bit and be a bit disengaged with it all. They have quite a specific and strict schedule of things: some films, yeah. some telly that we need to watch because those are our traditions
1: now. I think we have TV the choice to do it ourselves
2: and we and so as as a three, as a family of three, we're not really reaching back into the past for these. We're, I mean, we are in terms of the, the, it's lots of TV that was made years ago, but we always have to ha- watch the Charlie Brown Christmas yeah. special. That was not part of my childhood at all. Big part of yours, yeah. and now a big part of our child's. Um, there's several things that we just can't miss now. Yeah. And obviously they're adding stuff. So this year it's like, also Die Hard, 14-year-old Four, this year is like the first time, <laughs> I think we have to watch Die Hard. And it's like, great, right, right. okay, we're going to watch Die Hard. Amazing.
1: Uh, that and there's
2: an almost an anxiety about, we are, we're going to have time to fill these things in, aren't we? Arthur Christmas and then the Tom and Jerry Christmas special, they were, those are Christmas Eve and then... You Know it's like we've got to get this schedule planned, otherwise, we'll forget something. And...
1: Everyone gets to be their own scheduler, yeah. And what you're doing, you're, you're dipping back into that uh sort of grab bag of stuff. But there is something lovely about putting the TV on and them ambiently having decided to show the old fast show Christmas special. Yeah. Oh, please, lovely. I wouldn't have thought it's where you haven't thought of something, yeah, and it can just be there if they will show an old one. I like, I like, I must admit, I like just stumbling upon something and not having to decide to put it on. But I think Me also too. we all get the chance now to do something where you can curate a Christmas that means something to your family yeah. based on a mixture of what was important to your family growing up and what you think Christmas means now, yeah. which is really lovely. But Aww. yeah, there should be a mixture of all that stuff.
2: I agree. I absolutely agree. Well, um, I think we should draw to a close this Christmas special with a carol. No, I'm joking. No. We're not going to sing. Um, are we going to
1: open the famous names box of liqueurs? Oh, actually, yeah.
2: Where have you moved them? No, it's okay. I like... hid those under the... no, there. There's, there's a
1: box of liqueurs under the Christmas tree. And I Do you think... remember
2: they used to, this used to be quite the thing? Like, we'd only ever have for Christmas. You can hear the cellophane
1: rustling. I <laughs> can wrap them um, because I can see them. But
2: those liqueur chocolates. Where are the ones that used to be like the shape of a bottle? I can't find them yeah, anywhere. Yeah, that's what it used to be. Because then you bite the top off and kind of hilariously swig the sherry from the top of the bottle it?
1: it's like they got rid of sweet cigarettes You're not allowed to do <laughs> Rubbish. it Encu- apparently encourages children to drink
2: make alcohol fun again <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean it can't really be proper alcohol can make it? it's them all so Warnix
1: Avacar that was yeah. the thing you used to get drunk on as a kid Just, exactly fine,
2: it? but we will we will toast the end of this podcast with a famous name if you can open. actually get we into the cellophane open, yeah, don't worry yeah, yeah. we'll probably do it after it's we, we finish but um, I apologise for the almost complete radio silence for like the last god knows how long I have written a book it is finished I'll let you know um, when that's coming out in due course, but um, there will be more Box of Delights in 2024. I promise. Hooray. This is my vow to you. And they won't all... Have, I mean, much as I love you, Joel, they won't all have you on as a guest. I'll be a bit less lazy about it in the year, <laughs> I swear. But in the meantime... The postman. Um, yes, anyone, anyone passing the door. If you know where I live, just come, come past the door. I'll make you a cup of tea. We'll do a quick pod. But uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for being so patient. And we'll see you in 2024. And until then, have a very... Keep dancing. <laughs> what? Shut up, Joel. Have a very happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. Thanks for listening. You can find links to the YouTube clips from today's episode on our Twitter feed, at Box Delights Pod. Come and say hello. Bye.